Well, today we're wrapping up our series, Am I Healthy? Today is going to be a, um, it's going to be one of those messages that, that, okay, so if we talk about relationships, a lot of times relationships are very tangible, right? Like you engage with people one-on-one, and so it's very, it's very tangible. Uh, Whenever we talk about certain things, it's a lot easier to apply. Whenever we talk about what we're talking about today, this is one of those things that most people, they don't know, maybe sometimes internally about themselves, but also other people, whether or not they're spiritually healthy. We can kind of know whether we're physically healthy. The people around us might know if we're relationally healthy. You know what I'm saying? But when it comes to spiritual health, I think this is one of those things that we are really good at hiding, and we're also really good at justifying away. Uh, and, and so today, we're, we're going to kind of dig a little bit deeper, and I want you to ask a lot of the questions that we're asking today, not about somebody next to you. I want you to ask them about yourself. Is that good? Can we do that? We're really good about asking questions about other people, but don't do that today. Ask, ask these questions about yourself. We've been talking about are we healthy, and we're talking about being healthy holistically, not just physically, not just emotionally, not just relationally. But spiritually, every part of us, holistic health, it's really, really trendy in our culture today. Uh, people are, are very concerned about holistic health. And that's good, but there's a, <clears throat> there's a certain perspective that we as Christians have on, uh, on, on what kind of health we're looking for. And so whenever we dig into this question today of am I spiritually healthy, I think it's important to know that we all subscribe to a spiritual path. You ever hear people say, I'm not a very spiritual person. You are, you just don't know it. (laughs) We're all spiritual. We're all spiritual. And we're all on a path of spiritual health. It's just which one we subscribe to, knowingly or unknowingly. And some paths lead to actual health. And others lead to eventual death. But in the meantime, there could be a sense of health. But it's really a counterfeit health. You guys know about counterfeit money, right? Counterfeit money. You can, you can hold it. You can touch it. And if you're not really used to the real thing, right, it looks right. It might even kind of feel right. But whenever you go to spend it, that person behind the counter grabs that little marker. I have no idea what that thing is. But they grab it and they, like, draw a line. And you're standing there and you're like, I hope this thing's real. You know? Has anybody ever accidentally had a counterfeit bill in their hand before? Yeah? That must be awkward. Right? Like, like you're, you know, you're like... Yeah, I'll, I'll, it's a $100 bill, and they're like, Phew, and they look at you like, you know, like, what? You know, the line didn't show up, right? What happened? Well, you, you had something that you thought was powerful, was worth something, was valuable, but whenever you went to spend it, it was worthless. And what happens is people are subscribing to spiritual paths for spiritual health, and it sounds really good a lot of times, and sometimes there's an element of truth to it, but whenever you go to really apply it, it's weak, it's powerless, it's thin, and it falls apart, right? In worst case scenario, if it's a counterfeit bill, you end up in jail. But, so when it comes to spiritual health, what is the counterfeit? What is the true path to spiritual health? That's what we want to talk about. When it comes to counterfeit spiritual health, this is really a health that's ultimately uh, coming from flesh, from coming from the flesh. The Bible talks about the flesh and the spirit, how they're at war with one another. And, and, and there's, there's 
There's knowledge and there's, there's things that people apply to try to find spiritual health, but it's really from the flesh. And we see this all in, in, in our culture so much. So much. So much in social media. There's so much uh, 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 false spirituality in social media and, and counterfeit spirituality. Uh, and, and some of these words you guys might kind of recognize, you know, vibes. Vibes. Everybody's about vibes nowadays, like good vibes. You've got bad vibes. I don't know about your vibes, you know, but like vibes. Energy, just aura, like your aura, your, your energy, right? Uh, the, how about just the universe? The, I'm going to put good vibes out into the universe, and the universe is going to send good vibes back to me, right? Like uh, it, it kind of makes me nauseous on, on social media. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know. But, you know, chakra, right? Like, like different things like that. Um, uh, karma. There's a lot of Christians who actually believe in karma. I, I, you know, Christian Buddhism is sort of like a thing now. We, we kind of take Buddhism and Christianity and sort of like mash it together. And we're like, this is good. This makes me feel good. This, you know what I'm saying? This, this feels good. And it's, it's karma, the universe, chakra, crystals. I like, I like that. I like, you know, crystals are nice. But <clears throat> like, anyway, you guys get the point. And so there's this path to spiritual health. And people who are desiring some sort of meaning or purpose or, or, or movement in their life or whatever, we, we start reaching out and grabbing for things that feel right, that feel tangible. But what's amazing is that so much of it, it's just deceptive. It's counterfeit. I want to give you an example of, of, of a quote, the type of quotes that our culture eats up. And, and not just our culture, I see Christians eat this stuff up all the time. And uh, there's a guy, some of you guys might know him, but Deepak Chopra, um, pretty famous guy. He, this is, I'm going to give you two quotes. The first quote is this, ready? Every time you are tempted to react in the same old way, ask if you want to be a prisoner of the past or a prisoner of the future. Yeah. I don't sense anything weird with that right there. It's, it's good. I don't want to be a prisoner of the past, you know. I mean, if I'm tempted to react in the same old way, ask it. Be pro okay. But see, <clears throat> that right there kind of feels okay. But let's take another quote from the same guy where he says, you must find the place inside yourself where nothing is impossible. And there, so many people, like in this moment, you still maybe don't feel like there's anything wrong with that statement. Right? I'm not going to do it like a show of hands. But you're like, nah, it sounds really good. Like inside of myself, I need to, I need to find that place inside of myself where, where nothing is impossible. The only problem is, is that <clears throat> that's not scriptural. It's not biblical. You're not going to find in the word of God, it says to search deeper inside of yourself to find the thing that you're really looking for where nothing is impossible. Right? But we grab onto it. And so many people are grabbing onto this stuff. Christians. And, 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 and it, starts, it starts filling up the appetite. It's, it's, and, and, and people begin to replace the word of God. And they begin to replace scriptural-based things. And they begin to reach out and they grab a hold of this stuff. And, and, it, and it gives like a sense of something good. But it's not. It's counterfeit. 
And all of these things, we could go on and on and on about all the different things that are going on in the different quotes and all the kind of stuff because they're a dime a dozen. But these things, they have roots. Roots in spiritualism or paganism, roots in animism or, or mysticism, humanism, Gnosticism, universalism, Hinduism, Buddhism. And, and so a lot of this spiritualism that we have in our culture today, it's not a biblical, Christ-centered spirituality. It's a farce. And it's nothing new. It's just maybe newer to our society. It's everywhere. It's all over the place. It's in churches. It's in people's on their bookshelves. It's in the podcasts that people listen to. There's a podcast that uh, of a guy who was um, he was well known Christian artist for many years, and uh, we actually sang some of his songs here years and years ago. And um, big 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 name. And all of a sudden he kind of came. Actually, he got really hurt. Him and his wife got hurt. Uh, through, they had a miscarriage, and the church that they were in, the leadership that they were in, uh, they said a lot of weird things in their, in their type of belief system, and it really messed them up in regards to being able to trust God. And so from there, they sort of uh, reached out for something else that would kind of help heal them, and they reached out for spiritualism. And then they begin to just go deeper and deeper into this. And so there's a podcast going, and they have all these followers. And uh, I had heard about what was going on maybe about five or six years after it happened. So there was a lot, there was a big backlog of podcasts. And so I went back, and I just started from the first, like, press play, first episode. And let me just listen to what's going on. And it was amazing to see the, the progression of their religion and their spiritual experiences and how they went from it's Jesus to it's Jesus plus to it's Jesus plus and plus and plus to where it's not really Jesus as much and it's more the pluses until eventually it's not Jesus at all. That's just a figment of our imagination and something that we've created over time, over different generations and this and that and this and that to where it's full-blown spiritualism that has no Christ in it. But even if you use the word Christ, see, this is another thing. Just because somebody uses the word Christ doesn't mean they're talking about the Christ that you think they're talking about. There's different versions of what people mean when they say that. And what happens is people borrow language from Christianity. They borrow language from the word of God. But what they're saying is not what it actually means. It's, it's leading people astray. So this is actually a very big deal. It's, it's riddling, it's, it's, you know, all throughout Christianity. The problem is that a lot of these things, Gnosticism, Universalism, whatever it is that we're talking about, these things borrow from the truth, but they're deceptive counterfeits. So as you implement these practices, it may bring relief, but it does not bring life. So I know a lot of you, some of you have probably experienced some of the things that I'm talking about. Maybe you're in that right now, and you do sense life. You do sense, like, relief as you do these practices or you read these books. Or you, and, and I'm not saying that you're not going to feel some sort of relief, I'm just saying where does it lead to because that's a path. That's a spiritual path. And if it's a counterfeit spiritual path, it's sort of like being in a maze where, like, you feel like you're going somewhere, but then all of a sudden you hit a dead end. That's what happens. And then what happens is people hit that dead end, and now they've tried all of these different paths, and so they throw their hands up and they quit on all spiritualism, including Christianity, which is the true one. But even in Christianity, there's people who don't, truly follow that and misrepresent that, right? And so they feel like none of it works. 
and it attacks our faith. That's what the enemy does. See, the, the enemy, whatever God creates, he counterfeits. Whatever he creates, he, the enemy perverts. And so when it comes to the one true path that God has, the enemy creates a lot of alternative routes that run parallel to Christianity, to the truth. And so that's why they, they seem to be kind of running in the same way. All paths lead to the same God, right? You've heard this before, right? All, all paths lead to the same God. But they don't. They don't. And, and this is one of the main battles that we're in in our culture right now. Some people are aware of it, some are not. But we're in a battle for truth. Let's talk about true spiritual health. John 14 says this. This is Jesus talking. And I'll ask the Father and he'll give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he, he's talking about, himself, for, about Jesus, he, he dwells with you. Like, look, the, the spirit of truth, like, he dwells with you and will be in you. And he's talking about the indwelling of the spirit. I don't have time to get into all of this today as far as, like, the timelines. But, but the Holy Spirit was being promised, and then the Holy Spirit was sent. You guys know the book of Acts, chapter 2, whenever the Holy Spirit comes, where the spirit comes to dwell with us. And Jesus is saying, like, I am the truth like, the, the thing that you're wanting, the thing that the counselor, like, I represent him. I am him. I am the spirit of truth. It's in John 14. And when it comes to true spiritual health, true spiritual health comes from the spirit of God. Okay, the, the God that we're actually talking about. Not, not some ambiguous God out there. Not little g God. Not uh, whatever God we create in our own mind or our heart. I'm not talking about that God. I'm talking about the God of the Bible. True spiritual health comes from the spirit of God and the truth of the word. The word of God, the word, the Bible, the validity of the word of God is being undermined at a new level in our culture right now. It's always been under fire. It's nothing new. I'm not, I'm not like an alarmist and it's like the sky is falling. The sky has been falling since sin entered the world, okay? So let's just start there. Um... But as far as like the word of God in our current timeline, it's being undermined from, from the first page to the last page. Uh, a lot of the times people that critique the Bible don't really understand it, number one. right? They, they just kind of pick and choose certain verses and make fun of them. They have no context. But then there's others who do know they, they have gone to college, because that's where all knowledge is. It's college, and they've gone to seminary or whatever. And, and they've, they've come up with reasons why they intellectually don't agree with the Bible. But it's amazing that as you begin to dig into their belief system and to their experience and to all these other things, you begin to see how many holes there are in their argument. But they're really, really convincing on TikTok. So, therefore, they win. The spirit of God is truth, and the spirit of Satan is deception. Simply put, there's truth and there's lies. And the Bible says that Satan is the father of lies. But lies are not always obvious. They're hardly ever obvious. They're coded. They're deceptive. We say this a lot. If, if it was so easy to see, if you were deceived, none of us would be deceived. 
If, if Satan came and, and spoke to us in his true form, like we imagine it being like this, you know? Hello, child. That was kind of scary. <laughs> I could hear it echo off the walls. I'm not going to finish that. But, <laughs> right? If he came and he, and he just came and, you know, like looking like Gollum, like we would be like, that's Satan. I knew it. He looks, that's, there he is, you know, all hunched over. And, but, <laughs> but he doesn't. The Bible says he comes as an angel of light. The whole idea that deception is some sort of dark, scary hole, cave is just not true. It's actually full of a lot of good things at first. I mean, sin is kind of fun for a while, guys. I'll be truthful about it, right? If it wasn't, nobody would do it. It fulfills the, the, the fleshly desires but where's the path lead? Where's the path lead? I want to read some scripture that we don't have on the screen today. It's out of 1 John 4, talking about the truth and deception. 1 John 4, beloved, do not believe every spirit. Church, listen. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. That's pretty simple, huh? Don't believe everything that you read on Instagram. Don't, don't, just, don't just believe it. Don't just trust it. Don't just open up your heart to it. You have to test that spirit. You have to test what's being said to see whether it's from God. To see whether it's from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. Many false prophets. And by this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. You need some filters for what's from God? Number one, if the person posting it and, 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 and the source that you're receiving it from, if that person does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, is from God, that person, uh, what they're saying, you need to take with a gigantic grain of salt, Right? And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. That's a pretty straightforward thing. This, the spirit that does not confess Jesus is from God, this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Side note, the spirit of the Antichrist is here, and it's been here a long, long time. Okay, so like, not necessarily looking for someone else to represent that it's been here. We've been in the last days since Jesus ascended. So a little bit of eschatology for us today. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world. Therefore, they speak from the world. And the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. This to some people, especially nowadays, feels so exclusive and feels so narrow-minded. And uh, they mock it and they draw big lines in the sand over it. And to that I would say it is pretty exclusive in regards to believing in Jesus or not. 
And this is where, like, America, like the church, is, it, we really struggle with this. Because we are so inundated with this relativistic mindset of, of love and, and everybody wins and it's all good all the time. And to disagree means you don't love. And so I don't want to disagree. I don't want to be closed-minded. I don't want to be labeled and put in a certain box with all the other people who are canceled. I don't want to be over there. I want to be like, and, and, and it's always been like that. And every generation. And I really believe that, that there's a line being drawn in the sand to where we cannot dance on the line anymore. Like, like as a believer and a follower of Jesus, we either believe that he is God and he is the only way to, of reconciliation to God. Or we are, we are with everybody else. And so every now and then, we, we, need to, we need to be pushed back on in this. Young people, and what I mean by young is like 25 and, and, and below. I'm 37, and so like that, that, that age of like what's young is like it's getting, I understand when you're like 70, you're like young people, 60 and below. I get it. <laughs> I'm, starting to, I'm starting to understand that rhythm. And so I get it. <laughs> Man. Uh, it's weird whenever you say in three years you'll be 40. Like, I know a lot of y'all have had that moment, but uh, <sighs> you what? <laughs> oh, it'll be fine. Be fine. All right, back to the message. All right. What was I even saying? Somebody help me out. And this feels like young people. Oh, young people. Yes, young people. 25 and below. Thanks. The world that you're growing up in and the world that you're going to be become adults in is very different than the world that I even became an adult in. And I'm only 37. The, the, as technology, just as quickly as technology has increased in regards to speed, so has knowledge and so has uh, 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 all the things that we're discussing right now. It, it, it's, it's, it's the, the, the timeline is being crunched. And so... So you're exposed to things and you're in this culture that is sort of being, it's just everything's being blended together. And you're being taught that that's true and that's good. I mean, whether it's gender, it doesn't matter. It's just all lines being erased and, and there's no, like, in one sense we're, we're categorizing things down to the nth degree and others, other things were just like no categories at all. It, it, it's a demonic ideology that's being pressed into us as Christians. And, and I'm just being honest, there comes a moment whenever you can no longer try and, and like be all things to all people and like try to fit in. You can't. You, you can't. The disciples of Jesus Christ who literally were on earth with him, there came a moment where they had, there was a line in the sand that was drawn. And it's no different today. It's, it's always been like that. And so I want to encourage you, if you feel picked on, if you feel kind of like you don't fit in, embrace that. Because as a follower of Jesus, you're never going to actually fit into the world. Ever. And that's okay. It's okay. God's spirit gives us life. God's spirit gives us consciousness. You know, I, I, I find this amazing when it comes to creationism and all this and conversations about where we come from, which is 
It's amazing how smart we are. We still don't know where we come from. We're so smart and we still don't understand consciousness. We don't understand how like right now I can look at you and you can look at me and we can hear and understand what's going on and like put the pieces together and like we can't figure that out. And I, I believe that, that God's spirit is what gives us that life, right? And the word of God talks about this. We see in Numbers 27, 16, it says uh, God's referred to as the God of the spirits of all flesh, non-divine spirits. He's the God of the spirits of all flesh. Uh, Elihu in the book of Job said, that's uh, verse uh, 3 of chapter 33, 4 of chapter 33, uh, the spirit of God has made me and the breath of the almighty gives me life. Some of you wonder, like, where, where does life come from? It comes from the spirit of God. The spirit is the word pneuma or ruach, depending on which, if you're the older or the new. Testament, but it's the spirit, it's the wind, it's the breath of God, and God breathed his life into mankind. And so the thing, the force, the energy, right, some people want to use a lot of different words, but the spirit of God is what gives life to us as people. So when people wonder where consciousness comes from, I'm like, it comes from the spirit of God. That's not very scientific though right now, so people don't always receive that, but, but the Bible says that. The Spirit of God has given us life. We were created by God and given breath by God to worship him and to give him glory. The scripture, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. If we have breath, we praise the Lord. We were created by God, given breath, given the breath of God, the Spirit of God, and that's what has given us life. And that's what also sustains us. So whenever we look for spiritual health, and we begin to breathe in other spirits. I don't mean that like demonically. I just mean in whenever we breathe in other ideas or we begin to, to try to live and function out of another spirit, that spirit is not the pure spirit of God. It's laced with other things that are poisonous and eventually lead to spiritual death, right? So we have life from God, but there are different parts of life. And you can be seemingly healthy physically, emotionally, and not spiritually. And that's what I was alluding to earlier. You could really look physically healthy. I mean, man, you, you're, you're where you need to be. Emotionally, you could, have the, you could be the guy or the girl that's got all the answers. Like people come to you for, for counseling or advice because you just always have the right answer. Like you could be that type of person, but it doesn't necessarily mean you are also spiritually healthy or spiritually alive. And actually, the Bible says that apart from Christ, our spirit is dead, disconnected from God. Why do we die physically, though? I believe we died physically because we died spiritually first. Adam and Eve, you go back, you look at the garden. They were alive. We were not created for death. Sin enters into the equation. They spiritually are disconnected from God, still physically alive, still emotionally alive, but spiritually already dead. Dead man walking. Y'all know this, the phrase, right? Man, that guy's a dead man walking. If our spirit man is dead, we are a dead man walking. And Adam and Eve were dead. And we inherited that. But Jesus comes and brings life and connection. Remember we talked about closeness or intimacy a couple of weeks ago. Jesus came to restore that connection. And now we live in this already but not yet tension between knowing the truth and, and striving and, and, and leaning into heaven and leaning into God. But at the same time experiencing death. But we believe that ultimately Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life that leads to life, right? And our decision to follow him brings life. However, just because something is living doesn't mean that it's healthy. So 
as Christians, even if you're a Christian and a believer it, it, and you're alive in Christ, it doesn't mean that you, you're necessarily healthy, right? And I think that's where religion seeps in, where some people are like, well, I, I believe in Jesus. Like, yeah, I believe in that. I believe. And, and I'm, I'm not, I can't judge someone's salvation. I don't even try to do that. But I know that some, we, we, we profess these things, but in regards to our spirit man actually being healthy and living in that, that's where the breakdown comes. And eventually even living a life of that can lead to spiritual death. So the question is, am I spiritually healthy? How can we pursue spiritual health? I have a few questions and then we're going to close down for today. The first question, if you want to know, and you have to personalize this, am I spiritually healthy? The first question you need to ask yourself is, am I spiritually alive in Christ? That's your first question. Am I spiritually alive in Christ? Ephesians 2 says this, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, which is Satan, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedient, disobedience. That's a mouthful right there. We could spend some time, some time in, in, in just that verse. There are, are, some have walked and some are still walking in this spirit, this following the course of the world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that's now at work in the sons of disobedience. So I would say the spirit that we were talking about, the counterfeit spirit we were talking about, is that right there. A spirit that is at work right now in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, our fleshly desires, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Wrath. A lot of people don't like to talk about the wrath of God. Don't like it. Because people talk about it and they begin to look at God as he is a wrathful, vengeful, hateful, horrible, maniacal, dictator type of God. And he's, he's not. But there has to be a major understanding of the wrath of God. We actually talked about the attributes of God last year whenever we talked about um, uh, what do you believe. Actually, it was in 2020 now. Uh, what do you believe? We talked about the attributes of God. We leaned into the, the wrath of God. The wrath of God towards sin is actually what brings us hope, y'all. The fact that he does not allow sin to go unpunished or unjudged. If God did allow it, it would be horrible. Now, we look right now and we see sin having its way and we see people suffer, but we're stuck inside this thing called time. One day, God is going to judge every deed, good and evil. Some of you need to find some hope in that today. You need to find some rest in that, that God has the final word. So we were by nature children of wrath, by nature sinful. I was reading something earlier this week. You talk about, you talk about seeds that the enemy plants in the church. There are many, many people who are leaving the faith right now. One of the things is they say how abusive it is that we are taught that we are sinful people. And I'm like, have you watched the news lately? 
We're messed up. What is that tied to? It's tied to what we talked about earlier, the quote of like search in yourself and find, find that goodness that you, that you have in you. You just have to go deep, deep enough. And then if you haven't found it, go like deeper than that and, and deeper than that. And I'm like, man, I'm going to be honest with you. Like I know myself pretty well. And I know that if I dig deeper and deeper into who I am, I'm just going to find more trash, man. The Bible says that we were born in sin as enemies of God. I don't need to search deeper into the well of being an enemy of God. Sorry. I don't want to find more there. But what happens is people are digging deeper into who they are and trying to fix themselves. And, and, try, and they're, they're just, it's like a pond. They're just like stomping in the mud of a pond. And it's just like, it's more and more. And they're like, oh, I just got to do more. I got to do more. I got I to align myself. I got to do all that. But on and on and on and on and on. And there is not an end to that because it's a counterfeit. I don't need more of myself. I need the opposite of myself. I need Jesus. I don't need, like, I, now I think it's good to be self-aware. I think it's good to discover self. That there's some things that, like, let's be honest. But, but like, not to the extent, not to the extreme, not, not really what, what they're saying when they say that is not what we mean whenever we say it. Being self-aware for us is not what it means to those who are actually living that. And we have to be aware of what that means. Anytime it says self in front of it, you should have a filter up. Self-actualization. Self-discovery, self, self, self. And I'm like, man, when I read the Bible, it's like, stop looking at yourself. I'm pushing back pretty hard today, right? I'm pushing back because, my goodness gracious. It's really sad whenever you, you, you know, you see people, especially believers, who are, are searching for truth. They're searching for spiritual health, and they're reaching out for all the things that are not going to lead to it. We need to be warned and admonished and instructed and, 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 and have discernment. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. By grace you have been saved. We are only spiritually alive through faith in Jesus Christ. So if, 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 if you don't have faith in Jesus today, if you haven't thrown yourself all in into Christ, you might not be, you're not spiritually alive. That's the first question. The second question is this. Am I walking by the Spirit? If I am alive in Christ, am I walking by the Spirit? Galatians 5 says this. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. That's what I talked about earlier. Does anybody else live in a, a pretty consistent tension between the desires of your flesh and the desires of the spirit? Does anybody live? Okay. In case you didn't know, we all are. But... Your spirit can only be healthy if it is led by the Spirit of God. As there is a tension, that temptation and struggle doesn't necessarily mean that you are apart from God. Actually, that's, uh, we, can, we can use the word conviction. If you experience conviction of the Holy Spirit, 
be encouraged today that the Holy Spirit is dealing with you and speaking to you and trying to guide you into the right direction, right? Some people look at conviction as, as something to run from, and I would say run to it. Embrace it. The enemy would like you to, would like you to think that that, that neg- okay, negativity, right, like that negativity um, uh, is something to run from. And, and it's all in how you look at it. Conviction is full of hope. Now, what we do run from and what we do reject is condemnation because condemnation has no hope. Condemnation is that's who you are. That's, you're done. You have no hope. Conviction says I, you're not that. You're actually called to this. We just sang the song, you know, you take me higher and higher. That's something I believe. Like, like whenever it comes to God, he, he's wanting to, to take us higher, right, into who he is, not into who we are. So embrace conviction, reject condemnation because the enemy condemns, but the Holy Spirit convicts. But if I'm walking by the Spirit, one thing that you'll see is the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, same chapter, verse 22. But the the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against these things, there's no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. You've taken those desires and you've put them at the feet of Jesus. You've taken those desires and you're dying to those desires to live for Christ's desires, to live for the Spirit's desires. Third question, am I being transformed by the word? Am I being transformed? Am I spiritually healthy? Am I alive in Christ? Am I walking by the Spirit? Am I being transformed by the word? The word of God, the Bible, is... I've already spoken a little bit about it as far as the, 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 uh, the, the pushback of the word of God. But if, if there is not an intake of the word of God in your life as a Christian, you will see your faith in who God is dwindle more and more and more. It's going to happen. It, it's a natural result because the, the word of God is the truth of God. And we are hearing a lot of things all the time. We're ingesting a lot of things all the time. And if we are not countering, at least countering those lies with truth, then the things that are lies begin to sound like truth. And the word of God is something that counteracts those things and actually begins to transform us from the inside out. Romans 12, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. I want to encourage you today, if you don't have an intake, a diet of the word of God, begin today. Begin to read the word. Begin to ask questions. Begin to search the word for truth. And you'll find it. The last question is actually alluded to in this last verse. Am I able to discern what is true or not? Colossians 2. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. This verse sums up everything that we've talked about today. There's a philosophy. 
full of empty deceit. There's human tradition. It's full of empty deceit. Because it's all according to the elemental spirits of the world. And today, in asking the question, am I spiritually healthy? I think that if we look at these questions and sincerely ask them to ourselves and ask the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, to search our hearts that like heat in a furnace where there's gold in the, in, right there and, and as the gold is, 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 is heated up, the impurities begin to float to the surface. I believe that as we ask the Holy Spirit to search our hearts, we ask these questions that there's things in us that will be heated and the impurities will come to the top where we can repent and be changed and be transformed into who it is that God has called us to do, not what the spirit of the world is calling us to be. Nothing like that. We want the truth. And the Bible says that the truth is what will set you free. And we believe that the truth is the truth found in the word of God, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That we were all born in sin, broken, separate from God, God sent his son to this earth to reestablish, to reconcile God and man through the, the body and the work of Jesus. And today here we are standing in the presence of God with access to who he is by his grace, with, with, with salvation being offered to us. And all we have to do, we don't have to do anything other than just say yes and, and then throw our lives into what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Does that mean perfection? No. But it does mean being perfected. And it is a long process. And it's a process that I want to encourage you, those of you who are in that process right now, to continue in that. But there's some of you today, maybe you're watching online, that you are not in that process. You have not crossed over the threshold of faith in Jesus. And I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to him today. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. If that's you and you know that you're far from God, you know that you do not have a relationship with him, I want you right now in your own words, in your own way, just to say something like, like, God, I know that you know me. And Lord, I ask right now for you to forgive me of my sin, to reconcile me back to you. I believe in Jesus. I believe that he is God. And I give you my life today. I thank you. For all of us here today, I want to pray for God to do a deep work in us, in our, in our health, in our spiritual health. Because we need it. I know that I need it. So many of the things that I talked about today, I'm right there. God, we need you. We need your spirit. We, God, we need truth in our lives. Father, where the enemy seeks to squeeze out the spirit of God and seeks to, to squeeze out truth and fill it with deception and lies. God, right now we are asking for you to protect our minds, to protect our hearts. God, here today, where we have been uh, uh, maybe, uh, uh, you know, just duped, God, where we have been drawn to the spirit of the world, Father, right now I ask that you would begin to shine your light upon it. Those areas in our mind that we're, that we're riddled with fear or doubt or whatever it is, God, right here, right now, God, I pray that you would expose it. 
that you would expose it in our lives. Come on, if you've been dealing lately with, with some of these things, just begin to pray. Say, God, would you expose these things in my heart, God? Bring truth where, God, I've been confused, where, God, I have been reading some things, I've been looking at some things, and I've been, been feeling like maybe those, those things are, are true, but, God, I also know that they're new agey or they're humanistic. Whatever it is, God, I pray right now that you would begin to shine your light upon it, God. Bring light, bring truth, Father, in all of our hearts where we are deceived. God, I pray that you would pull back the blinders. We need you, God. Father, we need you in order to live a life of health that honors and glorifies you. We need you. God, I pray that you would give us discernment right now. Some of you, that's what you need to pray right now, that God would give you discernment of the different spirits that you've been around. Some of you have studied things, you've read books, you've done practices where you've literally opened yourself up to these things. And the thing is, is that the spiritual realm is real. These things are real. And so if you've exposed yourself to these things, maybe you've opened up some doors in your life, maybe in your family, just right now say, God, I pray that by your spirit that you would close those things. God, that you would, that you would uh, restore those things, God. The foundation of my life, that, that those things that have been riddled with deception. Right now, God, bring truth. Bring your light. Bring strength. Father, we pray against the, the, the elemental spirits of this world. God, God we know that the, the, the demonic realm is real and, and the things that are going on in that, in that realm is real. And so right now, Father, we agree with you. And God, we pray for protection over your people. Protection over your people, Jesus. And God, where, where there's things in our spirit that are being emptied out right now, God, I pray that right now you would fill us again with your spirit. Every crevice, every gap in our spirits would be filled with yours. We release all anger, we release all pride, all selfishness, and we accept you, the way, the truth, and the life. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, come on, let's stand to our feet. What we're going to do today as we wrap up the service is we're going to sing one song together. And this is what I, I want to ask you to do as we sing this song. Uh, first off, I want to let you know that, like, I know that we're at the end of, like, a service. And I know that it's like, hey, man, we know that we're about to leave and all that kind of stuff. But... But what happens sometimes is we're in a moment where it's pretty intense. We're in a moment where our hearts are open, our minds are open. We're seeing some things with a lot of clarity. And then what happens is we just kind of like shut the switch off and we roll out and we don't actually reflect. We're Americans. We're not really good at meditating. We're really not good at, at just like, like God, like, like in Psalms, God search my heart. You know, we're not really good at that. We have to practice that. And that's what we want to do right now. We want to practice that. So our prayer team is going to be at the front of the room. If you need prayer for anything in your life, I want to encourage you to come up and get prayer. Uh, but we're going to sing this entire song together, and then, and then we're going to close out. But, but in this time, I want you to, to kind of reflect on these five questions. But also ask, ask God, say, God, what are you speaking to me? And God, how should I respond to this? Maybe you need to pray with your spouse or your family or somebody around you because some of the stuff I said today is like right up in what you're, what, you know, what's going on in your life. I want to encourage you to respond however.